today on It's Time. But when you look at the Bible, you really get a pretty good idea of God's thinking and what He's trying to convey to us. I hear the calling, it's time. It's time. It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of 1 Timothy. So, turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. So the thing is, as I look at this, I realize that... that God's got a, 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 a way of cleaning us out. But then it's like we go to, the, we have this, we have a little hallway closet there. And Jesus gets ready to open that one. Oh, don't open that one up. Uh, you know, and, and uh, we'll, we'll try to defer him to any other place but that one closet. Well, I, I found that when God really truly cleans us out, we're, we're going to be a lot more freer than we are now. And this is really what we find here in this. So he says, he says, those that are believing masters. Again, we don't want to take advantage of somebody just because they're a Christian. Teach and exhort these things. Uh, by the way, somebody would say, well, what else would you teach? I found a lot of junk. I've heard some of the weirdest things taught in church in my life. Well, you know, God helps those who help themselves. As the Bible says. You know what I found? That verse is not in the Bible. It's nowhere in the Bible. God helps those that help themselves. In fact, as I've studied the scripture, I find that God helps those who can't help themselves. (laughs) I like that. Well, some other great verses in the Bible that aren't there. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Well, that's not in the Bible either. And... There's a lot of things out there. People can teach a lot of flowery things. How about some uh, self-motivational speaking? Yeah. Get out there. You can do it. Focus on the inner light within you. Set in the lotus position in your living room and focus on the third eye in the middle of your forehead. Oh, yeah, that's going to do a lot of good. What does the Bible say? Teach these things. The things that are going to make a difference in your life. The things that are going to change the way you help. Now, by the way, God never expects me to do something that he won't help me do. Again, the Bible says it's not within man to live righteously. (laughs) Again, can't you kids be good? No. By the way, I don't know how kids learn this. And if you've had kids or been in a room full of kids or even a Sunday school teacher, this is something that mystifies me. Big box of toys. One kid pulls out one toy. And they all want that one. How is that? This is the one that glows in the dark. I don't know what they do, but they get one toy. They all want it. They will pull each other's hair out, blind each other to get the one toy. And then when the one doesn't want it, we'll get another one. And then I want to fight over that one. I have never understood this. 
But this old sin nature that we wrestle with, God helps us overcome these things. And so if God ever identifies anything in our lives, it's only because he wants to do something brand new in our life. You know, the Bible tells us, David tells us in the Psalms, his promises are new every morning. I need that. I need that. Why? Because most of us, in one way or another, splattered yesterday a little more than we wished. You know, it's the wish of would-haves. Well, how does God do that? Well, God is bigger than the things we've done wrong. That's only God can do that. Religions of the world, as I've shared many times, offer some way in their own minds to get right with God. Go burn incense six, go sow so many prayers, wear these kind of clothes, sell flowers in airports, you know, all these different things. But none of them ever, because they don't have a God that does this, fix us. I love that where Paul says, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. In the Hebrew, that's daddy. A good daddy knows how to fix what's broken inside of us. Well, teach and exhort these things. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is a Uh, obsessed uh, with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, rivaling, and evil suspicion. This, uh, that these are the fruit of those kinds of things. And notice he says, if anyone teaches otherwise, consent to wholesome words. Eh, That's stuff that builds you up, not a bunch of psychobabble, self-realization, all this stuff that uh, doesn't profit you really. And the other thing we find here is it says, teach wholesome words, like Jesus taught is actually what it says. I've had, I've heard ministers in their sermons use swear words. Well, that's not wholesome words. Well, we want to be careful of those things. And so we want to balance our words as Jesus would concerning all things. The Bible says, if they don't adhere to biblical doctrine, they're proud knowing nothing. Why? What's the pride? Because I know what the Bible says, but let me tell you the way it is. I I have a lot of trouble rebuking Jesus. I don't ever want to do that. Uh, He knows. He's a servant. Uh, He's a master. I'm the servant. I want to keep it that way. So important. Now he says, from that comes envy. What's envy? I want what you got. Now why, why would proper doctrine fix this? Simply this. Our God knows our needs before we ask. They're recorded for us in his word that he's going to take care of us. My God shall supply all your needs, the Bible says, according to his riches and glory. So if God's going to supply all my needs, I don't have to be jealous of what you have. I know God's got something great for me. So bad doctrine will lead to envy. The second thing it says here that it will do is strife. That is the absence of peace in your life. If there's no peace in your life, you're going to have strife. You're torn up. You're confused. That's what strife does. Reveling. That's fighting. Well, I'm going to do it this way. Reveling is a bad thing. Evil suspicions. Hmm, what are you up to? Which, by the way, evil suspicions directly break down into what? Gossip. Well, so he says, 
goes on and says, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds with destitute of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain from such withdraw yourself. Well, you know, if you just accept Jesus today, you'll come up here and we'll have an everlasting wallet always full of money. You see all this. Hey, listen, um, to serve Christ is just to be his kid. I didn't serve his kid because of what I was going to get other than eternal life and a place with him forever. But as far as monetary thing i don't know i I like what paul says he says you know we we uh, have things and some of us don't have things that's okay because god's got his hand on our lives he says but godliness with contentment is great gain so if you're at peace in your heart with jesus you're rich you know how many rich people blow their brains out a lot Because money did not satisfy what was in their soul. We're a triune being. You know, it's interesting. The Bible tells us in Genesis, we were made in the image of God. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are a triune being as well. You're a body, a mind, and a spirit. Now, you can have your body demanding, if you're a heroin addict, demanding heroin. You can ask somebody intellectually, do you know the heroin is killing you? They'll say yes. Do you want to do more drugs? No, but they do it anyway. Why? Because their body demands it. The Bible says to Adam, he says, the day you eat of the tree is the day you'll die. Well, they ate of the tree and they didn't fall down dead corpses right there when they ate of the tree. But something did die in them that day. It was their spirit. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 3 to Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. Why? Because something is wrong with us. The Bible says the heart is willing, but the flesh is weak. So when we realize that we need help to be what God wants us to be, I can't be that in myself. So he says, godliness with contentment is great gain. Verse 7. For he says, we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we are carrying nothing out. No U-Hauls behind hearses, okay? (laughs) You never see that happen. Why is that? We came in naked, we leave it naked. In fact, the Bible tells us there's only one thing from this world that's going into the next. It isn't your 401k. It, it isn't your stocks and bonds. It isn't your restored Corvette. It is what it's the only thing that's going from this world into the next is people. That's it. So it's interesting then why we need to be good, skilled communicators of the gospel because the Bible says, he that wins souls is wise. That's what's going to carry a reward. The reality of of the shortness of life is where you see your birth date on a tombstone, your death date on a tombstone, and you see that little line between, that was your life. That little line represents your life here on this earth. And what you did during this life, and, and I, I always use that, that illustration. I know you guys probably get tired of me sharing it, but it was so, it, it impacted me so much that when I went to a yard sale and, you know, anything in the box was a quarter, a nickel or whatever, and here were some trophies for a person that no longer lives, and they don't mean anything. 
being sold for a quarter. Somebody that got shin splints or, or, or lifted weights every day to be the most bulkitudous person in the... I don't know if that's a word, but it should be. Bulkitudous person in the world. Big bulgy muscles and everything like that. Gets an award. And to everybody else, it isn't worth anything. God says, I don't want your life to be like that. I want your life on the day you leave this planet... That God's going to look at all of us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I don't want God to say, well, you wasted your life. Everybody has that great gift of God. What that we do with it is what God has allowed us to choose. And by the way, just because God knows the ultimate outcome of our life, the Bible says in Revelation 22, he's alpha and omega, beginning and the end, first and the last. Just because God knows how and the decisions that I made doesn't stop me and you from making those decisions. This is where the idea of of, uh, predestination comes in. This is where the idea of of uh, God's divine choosing. Well, the thing is, God ultimately knows who chose him and those that didn't. But that doesn't stop any of us from making that choice. In fact, the Bible says, God so loved the world. That's whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Why is that important? Because it doesn't say God so loved just predestinated ones. It says he loved everybody. He called everyone, but not everybody chooses him. So he says... We brought nothing in the world. We're not carrying anything out. Oh, boy. Oh, that's hard to grab, isn't it? You know, Solomon, you know, everything about the, everything that you need about life is in the Bible and, and the thoughts. And, and I'm always amazed on how our society today, television, news, all that stuff, tries to influence our thinking. But when you look at the Bible, you really get a pretty good idea of God's thinking and what he's trying to convey to us. And Solomon says this. He says, I spend my whole life working for fortune. And the Bible says he's the richest man that ever lived. He says, who's to say that after I leave, the person that will come after me that will inherit all this will be a fool or wise? His suspicions were very greatly um, uh, observed because his son took Solomon his whole life to accumulate everything that he did. His son blew it in just a couple of years, just went through everything, just because of, of bad choices. So he says... We didn't carry anything in this world. Certain, we're not carrying anything out. Having food and clothing with these, we'll be content. Hey, listen, sometimes that's all you need. You know, food and clothing. I, uh, uh, you know, I, I look at that and, and sometimes I, I look at um, sometimes life on islands, like the Hawaiian Islands. I don't know if anybody ever goes there occasionally. Maybe you're there right now. I just want you to think about this for a minute. You know, sometimes you're just happy with a coconut and your swimsuit and on the beach. That's, that's all I need. I don't need anything else. You know, I, I think a lot of times we think it's the multitude of things we possess is what somehow brings us happiness or brings us contentment in some way where I can trust these things rather than God. I think we need to be careful about that. But to those who desire to be rich fall into many temptations and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lush, which drown men in destruction and perdition. In other words, it drags them into hell. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, 
for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. One of the rich thing, one of the problems that rich people have, their fear of losing it. Uh, it, it just is a reality. Uh, when you don't have anything, you can't lose anything. So there's a lot of things that go into a, a lot of times the logic of how we think. And we need to be careful of that because to chase money. Now, here's something interesting. The Bible says in the Ten Commandments, six days you shall work and on the seventh rest. Now, there's a lot there. The, the, the Ten Commandments, friends, are God's psychology. You know, I study Freud. I study Jung. I study... Well, you better study God because the Ten Commandments are the best outline of the psychology of man ever written. Summarized in 10 things. You didn't have to go through and learn all about, well, your mother looked at you and you were a child cross-eyed and this caused you to be a serial killer. No, 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 no. What the Bible says, you go to the Ten Commandments, it'll tell you what is wrong with man. Six days you shall work, the seventh you'll rest. Okay? I know people that won't work any day of the week. We call them bums, okay? I know others that will work seven days a week, all night long, keep your nose to the grindstone, as they say, because I'm going to get ahead. You see, tells me, Ten Commandments tells me two things. One, either people can be lazy or they can be greedy. What does the Bible say? Love of money will bring you into all kinds of troubles. You'll miss life. Yeah, you might accumulate a big pile and then die and leave it all to somebody that'll go through it in a week. See, this is a lot of sorrows that people have. I know people sometimes say, you know, if I could just win the lottery, man, all my problems would be over. No, your problems would just be getting started. Shall we enter the IRS is the first problem? But I guarantee you, your problems don't end. Why? Because of these things. Notice he says, but you man of God or woman of God here, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ appearing. I look at that, I realize that I got to be careful of getting tangled up. You know, the world has a way of doing that. You miss life. You know, the people that are the work seven days a week, they never take a day off. They miss life. They walk in the door one day and they realize their kids are 21 and moving out. Well, I didn't get to spend any time with them. No, they were there the whole whole time. You were too busy. You were so self-focused. Here's the problem. Well, if I don't, if I don't work seven days a week, I ain't going to make it happen, man. What do you think? You know, water, money's just like water, just comes out of the faucet? Good, I'm glad you asked that question. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. What does that mean? God can make up the difference in your life. Many people's God is too small. 
Well, God can't do that. Oh, really? Well, I need to buy this thing and I got to work extra time to buy it. And then you go to a yard sale or you go to a secondhand store and here's one for two bucks. You buy it instead of paying 200. You don't think God knows how to do that? That's why we don't have to be covetous. When we read earlier about uh, these fruits of these things come out of, of, of wrong living, envy, strife, reveling in suspicions, envy. I don't have to envy because I got a God that can make things happen. He made everything from nothing. I've had people come up to me and say, well, Mike, you always know where a good deal is at. Honestly, I don't. But I know the God who does. And I know that if I need something and we pray that God will supply it. Now, it may not be exactly what I wanted. I find that oftentimes it's much better. In fact, I've oftentimes told people when you pray for something, instead of praying, well, you know, Lord, I'd like to buy this house, but I want your will. I want your will more than what I want. And so if you close the door, okay. And we pray and God slams the door shut and we go, God, why did you do that? And God goes, I was protecting you. Oh, really? Yep. I got something better for you. So you wait, trust me, and I'll bring it to pass. But instead we're going, no, I know what I want. Like a bunch of spoiled two years old that never heard the word no. As you grow in the Lord, you'll find something. You'll appreciate when you pray when God says no as much as when he says yes. And the wait isn't so bad when God says, wait, you know, the old stop sign. You pray either yes, no, or wait. And when God says wait, a lot of great miracles happen in that time of waiting. That's where the power of God is manifested in your life that others see how God supplies what you need in the process of bringing you where he wants you to be. Let God be God this morning in your life. If you're not a Christian... The Bible says you need to repent. Now, what do we repent from? Well, living it my way. I'm calling the shots. I'm doing what I want. My question is, are you happy? And do you want another 10 years like you just had? Because if you don't, maybe this is your day for God to do something brand new in your life where he will give you that peace that passes understanding that will displace envy, strife, reveling, and evil suspicions. You see, that's the fruit of that lifestyle. I'm telling you, there's a fruit of lifestyle as a Christian where Jesus says, peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, but as I give unto you. You need God's peace today. Now, we only have so much room to contain. God takes out the old, that's the repentance. God brings in the new, that's the blessing of God. Let him do that for you today. It begins with a prayer. We're gonna pray right now if you've never prayed and ask Christ to come into your life, I want to invite you to consider praying this and turning away and saying, God, I'm sick of the way I've lived. That's repentance. And saying, okay, God, I'm going to do it your way. Do what you want to do in me because that little line on that tombstone is my life and I want it to mean something rather than be sold in a yard sale for a nickel. Let God do something new for you today. We're going to pray right now. And if you need to pray, you need to get right with God. You say, I want this. I, what we read about, I, I want this contentment with great gain. I, I'm tired of chasing the, 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 the Gucci world. I, I, I want what you have for me, God. God will do that for you. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today.
I repent of the silly way that I have lived. And I want my life from this time forward to mean something to you and eternity. And so today, I commit my life into your hands. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. His blood covered my sins, took my place. And so now, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to do what you want me to do. And I'll give you the glory and thank you for eternal life in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.